Hey, you're listening to the Recipe Listen podcast, a slow podcast about food for the people that love it. I'm your host, Happy Katie, just a girl with an appetite who's brimming with light historical culinary tidbits to share. This episode is dedicated to a cherry fruit that in Cantonese means golden orange, the kumquat. This is a fruit brilliant in color, slightly egg-shaped, and, in my mind, is just like an inside-out baby orange, sweet on the outside and fiercely tart on the inside. A little bit like me, maybe. Our kumquat ingredient spotlight was suggested on Instagram by Kathleen Akers. Thank you, friend. Should the kumquat be an unexplored ingredient to you, there's no better way to get to know one another than my meeting within the confines of a beautiful poem. Join me now as I read for you an excerpt of a poem by British poet extraordinaire Tony Harrison, entitled A Kumquat for John Keats. Today, I found the right fruit for my prime, not orange, not tangelo, and not lime, nor moonlight globes of grapefruit that now hang outside our bedroom, nor tart lemons tang. Though last year full of bile and self-defeat, I wanted to believe no life was sweet, nor the tangible sunshine of the tangerine and no incongruous citrus ever seen at greengrocers in Newcastle or Leeds, misspelt by the spuds and mud-caked swedes. A fruit an older poet might substitute for the grape John Keats thought to be joy's fruit. When, two years before he died, he tried to write how melancholy dwelled inside delight. And if John Keats had only lived to be because of extra years and need like me, at 42 he'd help me celebrate the kumquat that I ate whole straight off the tree and sweet pulp and sour skin or was it sweet outside and sour within for however many kumquats that i eat i'm not sure if it's flesh or rind that's sweet and being a man of doubt at life's midway i'd offer keats some kumquats and i'd say you'll find that one part sweet and one part's tart say where the sweetness and the sourness start. So now, dear listener, with Keats in our ear and a whisper of kumquat tartness on our breath, let's pull close a bushel of this sweet but not fruit and get going. Thanks for listening. The kumquat is one of those fruits that feels a little geographically influenced. If you're in East Asia, California, Louisiana, or Florida, you've probably been inundated with this feisty gem during their regional growing season. Otherwise, you might find yourself with a head full of question marks at this quirky little fruit. So let's talk kumquat basics. Kumquat trees were brought to Europe from China by Scottish botanist and famed plant hunter Robert Fortune. Not only did he help build the British tea industry, he did so by sneaking into regions forbidden to Westerners, by disguising himself as a Chinese citizen and illegally acquiring plants to smuggle home against the government's wishes. Whoops. 
While you might expect the kumquat to be classified as a citrus, it's actually found in its own genus, Fortunella. You guessed it, Fortunella as in Robert Fortune? Yet another fun way a Western white man is credited for something he randomly stumbled upon. Anyway, according to Julia Morton's book entitled Fruits of Warm Climates, kumquats are believed native to China, having been described in Chinese literature in 1178 AD. Later in 1646, a European writer mentioned this fruit having been described to him by a Portuguese missionary who had labored 22 years in China. In 1712, kumquats were included in a list of plants also cultivated in Japan. An explosion of flavor. Kumquats are high in vitamin A, potassium, calcium, and fiber. So they're healthy, delicious, and extremely cute. You can eat them whole, peel seeds and all. There are a variety of kumquats, and Julia's book shares some of them. Hong Kong or Hong Kong Wild. These are called Chin Chu by those living in Hong Kong. They're nearly round, five eighths to three quarters of an inch wide. The peel is orange or scarlet when ripe. They're thin and not very fleshy. The pulp is only three or four small segments with plump seeds. The Chinese people flock to the foothills to gather the fruits when in season. In the Western world, the very thorny shrub is grown usually as an ornamental pot plant. Morubi, or round kumquat. Fully described for the first time in 1784, these kumquats were introduced into Florida from Japan by Glen St. Mary and the Royal Palm Nurseries in 1885. The fruit is round, slightly oblate or obovate. They grow to one and one quarter inch long. The peel is golden yellow, smooth with large oil glands, thin, aromatic, and spicy. The pulp is found in four to seven segments, is scant and acid with one to three seeds, which are smaller than those of the nagami. The tree reaches nine feet, and it's otherwise similar to that of the nagami, except that it's slightly thorny, has somewhat smaller leaves, and is considerably more cold tolerant. It bears at the same season. The mewa, or the round, large kumquat, is called the ninpo. It was introduced from Japan by the United States Department of Agriculture between 1910 and 1912. Its shape is short oblong to round. It grows to about one and one half inch wide. The peel is orange-yellow, very thick and sweet. The pulp is usually in seven segments, relatively sweet or subacid. It's often seedless or with very few seeds. The tree is a dwarf, frequently thornless or having short, stout spines. The leaves differ from those of other kumquats and being very thick and rigid and partly folded lengthwise. They are pitted with numerous dark green oil glands. There is an ornamental form with variegated fruits in Japan. 
this kumquat is the best for eating fresh is still somewhat rare in the United States. The nagami, or the oval kumquat. The plants were introduced from China into London in 1846 by Robert Fortune, the plant explorer for the Royal Horticultural Society. It was reported in North America in 1850 and introduced into Florida from Japan by Glen St. Mary and the Royal Palm Nurseries in 1885. The shape of the nagami is obovate or oblong. It grows up to one and three quarters inch long and one and three sixteenth inch wide. The pulp is divided into four or five segments and contains two to five seeds. In season from October to January, the tree grows up to 15 feet tall. A mature specimen on rough lemon rootstock in Florida once bore a crop of 3,000 to 3,500 fruits. This is the most often cultivated kumquat in the United States. Food uses for the kumquat. Fresh kumquats, especially the maiwa, can be eaten raw and whole. For preserving, they should be left until they lose some of their moisture and acquire richer flavor. The fruits are easily preserved whole in sugar syrup. Canned kumquats are exported from Taiwan and often served as dessert in Chinese restaurants. For candying, the fruits are soaked in hot water with baking soda. The next day they're cut open and cooked briefly each day for three days in heavy syrup, then dried and sugared. Kumquats are excellent for making marmalade either alone or half and half with cannamalamids. The fruit may be pickled by merely packing in jars of water, vinegar, and salt, partially sealing for four to five days, changing the brine, and then sealing and letting stand for six to eight weeks. To make sweet pickles, halved fruits are boiled until tender, drained, boiled again in a mixture of corn syrup, vinegar, water, and sugar, with added cloves and cinnamon, and then baked until the product is thick and transparent. Kumquat sauce is made by cooking chopped, seeded fruits with honey, orange sauce, salt, and butter. On a personal note, when I eat kumquats, I like to roll them between my palms for a hot minute to release the fruit's essential oils and to really amp up that flavor. Let's talk through the kumquat as a cultural artifact. In China, kumquats are considered a symbol of prosperity and good luck, which is why you might see large kumquat trees and bowls of the fruit decorating homes and commercial entryways for the Chinese New Year. Seriously, they are everywhere. Big, bold, sweet, and sour. Small kumquat trees are often given as gifts, with red envelopes full of cash nestled on their branches. For the record, I would never turn down a tiny kumquat tree with dollar bills shoved into it, as it serves as both a snacking device and a misguided response to that annoying query, do you think money grows on trees? The answer, well yes, but only on kumquat trees and in China. Chapter 2 
An early 20th century introduction to cooking with the kumquat. Let's nosh on those tiny little kumquats already. Here are some select recipes from a book by Riley M. Fletcher Berry, published in 1907, entitled Fruit Recipes, a manual of the food value of fruits and 900 different ways of using them. A riveting title, if ever there was one. The kumquat has greatly come into favor in America in the past few years, but its comparative scarcity and high price have mitigated against intimate acquaintance with its peculiar fascination with the general public. Kumquat is a Chinese word of poetical significance, meaning gold orange. The Japanese equivalent is kinken, its combination of oriental spiciness of flavor and fragrance is unique in charm. This, whether eaten uncooked or prepared otherwise. The thin skin and suggestion of tartness make it a candidate for honors and fruit salads in its natural form. The kumquat au naturel. The kumquat is an exceedingly pretty adjunct to fancy dishes of various descriptions or cold drinks. For these purposes, it may be served whole or halved or quartered, or for table decorations with the leaves not removed. The kumquat may be sliced thin and served in dishes with whipped cream or a meringue, or in tall slim glasses with sugar and shaved ice. To add wine to this fruit is rather an insult. For a salad, few fruits give greater piquancy than shaved or quartered kumquats as an accessory, or they may form the body of the salad with a slight addition of celery, banana, pineapple, cherry, pear, or orange, and even nuts if one chooses. As a garnish also, the kumquat is picturesque. Kumquat Preserves Make a heavy syrup of four pints of sugar to one pint of water. When thick and boiling, drop it into the kumquats, whole or halved, and boil an hour and a half. The simmering will toughen the rinds. Seal it once on removing from the fire, or for immediate use when cool and serve with cream. Kumquat Jelly In proportion to one dozen kumquats, Cut in small pieces and use one half pint of cold water. Simmer down to one fourth pint of juice, then strain. Reheat and add a very scant half pint of sugar. Kumquat jam or marmalade. The fruit left from jelly may be used, adding no water and sugar, pound for pound, with a little lemon juice or the fresh sliced kumquats may be used, cooked till tender, then sugar added, retaining or not the juice as liked. The fruit may be put through a colander or left in original slices, cooked down to consistency liked. Candied kumquat. The fruit may be left whole, halved, or quartered, the form deciding the time of cooking. The kumquats may be candied as for cherries, or first cooked till tender, then placed in a thick boiling syrup for 15 minutes, 
then placed in the sun to dry. This process continues until sufficiently candied, when sugar may be sprinkled over them before packing them away, although this may be omitted. Frozen kumquats. Make a syrup as for ices, and add to it the sliced kumquats in proportion, according to taste. Let stand till cool when freeze. Orange, lemon, or lime juice may be added. The preserve may be frozen, diluted, but slightly as it comes from the jar, or an ice or ice cream or custard made with kumquat syrup. Kumquat gelatine. Make as for lemon gelatine, using orange or lime juice mixed, or kumquat syrup with a little lemon, adding the sliced fruit. Here's another recipe for kumquat cocktail. Home cook Miss Jean Hawkins contributed this kumquat cocktail recipe in the Malone Cookbook Collection, created by the Women's Aid Society in 1903. Use in proportion of four kumquats to one orange. Wash and slice the kumquats very thin and mix with the pulp of the oranges. Add sugar to taste and chill. This recipe is for a kumquat tart. Taking things a little more modern, if you love a good lemon tart, this Serious Eats kumquat tart recipe will hit the spot too. Your kumquat tart ingredients are, for the crust, five tablespoons plus one teaspoon unsalted butter softened. 1 quarter cup plus 2 tablespoons of confectioner's sugar, 1 half vanilla bean, 1 egg yolk, 1 and 1 quarter cups of cake flour, and a pinch of salt. For the curd, 2 cups of fresh kumquats, 3 quarters of a cup of sugar, 2 teaspoons of cornstarch, 2 eggs plus 2 egg yolks, one half cup of butter cut into one half inch cubes, two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, optional, one quarter cup of jam or marmalade. And just for kicks, here's a decidedly creative approach to cooking with kumquats, homemade sour patch kumquats for those with a lasting affinity for the Sour Patch Kids candy. Found on the Life's Little Sweets cooking blog, it's one of the easiest things you'll whip up in your kitchen. Your ingredients are one pint of fresh, ripe, and rinsed kumquats, packets of your favorite jello gelatin flavors, and a small bowl of water to slightly dampen your kumquats in for better jello sticking power. Dampen your kumquats and roll them in your favorite jello flavors to eat immediately or store in an airtight container in the fridge for a day or two before snacking. Yes, I just gave you a homemade Sour Patch kumquat recipe. I know you're thrilled. Chapter 3. A Little Kumquat Weirdness Welcome to your less-than-safe-for-work kumquat moment. You might want to mute this for the next 20 seconds, if ancient innuendos make you feel stabby. 
Are you ready? Found in the Oxford Companion to Food, author Alan Davidson quotes some 10th century Iraqi agriculture advice on grafting kumquats. Now, for those with brown thumbs, grafting basically means joining two plants into one. Here's what they recommend. The branch which is to be grafted must be in the hand of a beautiful damsel, whilst a male person has disgraceful and unnatural sexual intercourse with her. During intercourse, the woman grafts the branch into the tree. I'm not saying we necessarily recommend this grafting approach, although we certainly respect your personal liberty to graft in any way that you choose. Whew. Well, now that we've unclutched our pearls, let's move on to a tiny kumquat blurb from the Futurist Cookbook by Italian poet Filippo Tommaso Marinetti, published in 1932. Okay, so this delightful little avant-garde book is totally worth checking out. It's not nearly as brash and full of fascism as another work of Marinetti's you probably know, The Futurist Manifesto. Instead, the Futurist Cookbook is probably one of the most experimental books that is vaguely about cooking that I've ever read. It's really more fever dream provocative art publication than a literal recipe collection. And with that salacious introduction, here is a kumquat-connected recipe for what Marinetti calls arrow food. The diner is served from the right with a plate containing some black olives, fennel hearts, and kumquats. From the left, he's served with a rectangle made of sandpaper, silk, and velvet. The foods must be carried directly to the mouth with the right hand, while the left hand lightly and repeatedly strokes the tactile rectangle. In the meantime, the waiters spray the napes of the diner's necks with a perfume of carnations, while from the kitchen comes contemporaneously a violent music of an airplane motor and some music by Bach. And with that multi-sensory kumquat and carnation perfume experience lingering between us, it's time to wrap up this episode and wish you a fond farewell for now. Hopefully our next meeting will involve you bringing me an enormous kumquat tree rippling with orange-gold fruit and red paper envelopes crammed full of cash. Thanks for joining the Recipe Listen podcast. Life is complicated. The food and the love we share doesn't need to be. We hope you enjoyed some quiet moments of culinary-adjacent rest here. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's a small thing, but it really helps us reach new listeners and not perish in hungry, desperate obscurity. Thank you. Hit us up at recipelisten.com to find links to our featured recipes, music, and other interesting things. Whatever you're cooking, I hope it's delicious. See ya!